Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Good morning, lovely listeners. Dr. Mary here, joined again by the absolutely amazing Dr. Lucy. How are you today, Dr. Lucy? Well, feeling very good with that beautiful introduction. (laughs) Thank you, lovely lady. You are a lovely lady. Um, Last episode, we talked about emotional eating and we said that we are going to talk about the parent brain and the toddler brain, one of our favorite things to talk about. So I thought we'll just crack on in, crack on in, crack on on, just get cracking, get cracker lacking, whatever the phrase is, we're going to do it. So um, this really is a concept that we really love talking about because it's so relatable. So Mares, we talk a bit about this concept of the toddler brain and the parent brain. Would you perhaps like to explain a bit more medical terms, not too posh, but just a little bit to explain to people what what we're actually talking about when we use those phrases? Absolutely. We've got two main decision makers in our brain. We've got the prefrontal cortex, which we call the parent brain, which is this very sophisticated, big, juicy bit of our brain just behind our, our forehead. It's kind of like the CEO of our brain, if you like. It's it's in charge. It's this incredibly complex part of our brain that is uniquely human that can do all kinds of complicated things like um, it can abstract, it can plan, it can determine better from best. It can do all of these incredible things. And it is like the parent of your brain. It should be the part of your brain that's in charge, but it's certainly not the only bit of our brain that is involved in dictating behavior and making decisions. We've got another bit of our brain, the emotional brain, the amygdala, which is much deeper in our brain. It's a much older structure, evolutionarily speaking. It's very reactive, really involved with impulsive fight or flight, instant decision, instant gratification. And that part of our brain, we dub the toddler brain. So we've all of us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking of the toddlers. Yes. (laughs) We are waddling around inside our brain. We definitely have a toddler and we've got a parent prefrontal cortex and amygdala. And these two parts of our brain are in constant communication. And generally speaking, we make balanced decisions taking input from both of them. However, it is entirely possible that the communication can get a bit one-sided and we can allow emotional toddler brains to be in control and to make the decisions And this is not a very nice place to live. You don't want your amygdala to be in charge of your behaviours, your choices and your habits. Do you, Lucy? Not really. If you can imagine what your house would be like if the toddler ruled the roost, and I know in some places they do, did at my house at one stage, and it's like living in chaos. So... You know, our toddler brain is the brain, part of the brain that that doesn't want to go to bed, wants to start watching Netflix. It's the bit of the brain that wants to eat all the ice cream, that wants to, you know, maybe just chow down on cheese all day or cake or chips or, you know, it does all the things that sort of wants immediate hedonistic pleasure. 
it's not the brain, the sensible part of the brain that says, you know, go to bed, Lucy. It's good for you to go to bed. It's a bit that goes, I don't want to go to bed. I just want to start watching Netflix. That's the amygdala bit. It's also the bit that is very reactionary and really in counter to what we were talking about last week with training for discomfort, the amygdala does not want to do that. It can be a very loud, loud, like a toddler, loud part of our brain. Yes, it's the emotionally immature, sort of undisciplined uh, part of our brain that lacks boundaries. Now, our parent brain, the prefrontal cortex, um, is always taking input from the amygdala. Because I mean, we are kind of joking around calling it a toddler, but in truth, the amygdala has an incredibly important part evolutionary speaking, in terms of our survival. It's highly reactive. It's always on the lookout for threats and will react really, really fast. And from an evolutionary point of view, our amygdala helped keep us alive. So we do need it and we need to take input from it. But we don't want it to be in charge. And the thing is that when things are going well, our brains are well integrated. That means that our prefrontal cortex is taking input from all the different parts of our brain, processing all that data and coming up with sort of balanced decisions on what to do, what to eat, what to say, where to go, all the things that make up our human behavior. But there are times when the communication between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala can get disrupted and can be less integrated and times when the amygdala certainly can take over and have a much stronger role in decision making. And things that make this worse, this disintegration between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala, are all the things that that we help people overcome. Things like chronic stress can really make the amygdala a much stronger decision maker. Poor diet, inflammatory diet, poor sleep, sugary foods, all of these things actually can uh, weaken the connection between your parent brain and your toddler brain, which allows your toddler brain to be more in control. And I think um, when we're making any behavioural changes, it's important to note, just like a toddler, when you change the goalposts or the rules, there is resistance there is a tantrum that will go on. And Mary and I were just talking about this. You know, we've been in lockdown. There are children all across the world who have been in lockdown who have all had, you know, many hours of unvetted screen time. And then once we emerge out of lockdown, we change the rules and say, you know, reduce screen time. And they have, you know, a lot of difficulty with this decision. Some of them will have a tantrum. It's normal. It is normal. So when we change the rules in our brain, when we start perhaps encouraging the parent brain to have a bit more of a say, the amygdala has a tantrum. Yep, doesn't like it. (laughs) When you embark on a, a new healthy habit, you know, whether that be going to bed earlier, whether that be not having that second glass of wine or not eating the sugary lollies on the way home from work, you do need to be prepared for the fact that your toddler brain may have a bit of a tantrum. Absolutely. And for some people, they, they're not expecting it. And so they just kind of go, oh my God, and, and will perhaps not be able to resist the yells and <laughs> the tantrum of the toddler brain. 
And so then they feel like they can't do it. They come and they'll say, I just, I keep trying, I can't do it. And so, you know, being prepared often for the tantrum is something that's helpful. And like any new parent, you often need to support your parent brain and recognize, just as Mary said, that the way to support your parent brain is to do some of the things that the toddler brain doesn't want it to do. Like all parents, if a parent is stressed, if a parent's got too much on their plate, if the parent has other things going on, then they kind of give in to the toddler and say, yeah, all right, you can have the lollipop or have the chocolate or have whatever it is that you're nagging me for because I just can't deal anymore with this noise. And this happens exactly to us. You've got this amygdala that is telling you, you need it, you want it, it's going to make you better, it's going to help. And it comes up with some, as we know, very reasonable stories. Very reasonable. They sound so reasonable. And so you go, yeah, all right, just this once. But honestly, I remember having the two kids in the trolley to go supermarket shopping. And, you know, for a long time, the kids just didn't ask for lollies. I didn't give them to them. And then one day they started asking, I don't know why. And I started with the no, we're not doing that. And then one day they were yelling and fighting and fighting for me was always a trigger. And it was this overwhelming, oh my God, in my head, I'm saying, well, you just shut up. And the only way I could think to do it in that moment was to give them food. So I gave them whatever, Frodo Frog. Well, you can imagine what happened the next time we went shopping straight away. Can we have a frog? 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 This went on and on and on and on. And if I was a bit tired or a bit ratty or a bit distracted, I couldn't deal with it. And I'd just give them the frog to shut them up. But over time, I worked out this never ends. Never ends. They always then want a frog. Oh, they want two frogs. Oh, they want a bigger frog. And so it wasn't until I actually went, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. I made a really firm commitment to myself and to them. The rules have changed. We're not doing chocolate at the supermarket anymore. And of course they tried it on, you know, they're kids. What kid wouldn't? But it became very clear to them very quickly that the rules had changed and that there was no point, absolutely no point. And then after a few goes, they just stopped asking. (laughs) That is exactly what happens in our own brains as well. That is a good segue to the next point I wanted to make, which ties into this, which is that with regards to your parent brain and your toddler brain, good decisions beget good decisions. So if you start making good decisions, it is easier to keep making good decisions. And if you're making bad decisions, they beget bad decisions. So bad decisions make it easier and easier to slide into bad decisions. And it's all to do with the way that our prefrontal cortex and our amygdala integrate and talk to each other. Like, for example, if you make the bad decision to stay up really late and watching Bridgerton on Netflix, because, you know, your toddler brain definitely wants to do that back when Bridgerton was on, um, when it was new at least. And that makes it really easy to then that we're going to call it a bad decision, an unhelpful decision to stay up till two o'clock in the morning watching Netflix rather than going to bed at 10 means that you're really quite tired. 
And when you're tired, your brain has an increased inflammatory load. And when your brain's got an increased inflammatory load, the amygdala is actually louder. The, the connection between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala is weakened, which means that your toddler brain is more in charge. And so you're more likely to make bad decisions like, you know, eating unhelpful food the next day. Bad decisions can beget bad decisions. But conversely, good decisions can beget good decisions when you choose to go to bed earlier and your brain is much calmer and much happier that connection between the the two decision makers of your brain is much stronger which means that your parent brain is more online to make more good decisions and you can spiral upwards just as you can spiral downwards and it's never ever too late to start making good decisions you can choose to start making good decisions and support your parent brain anytime even halfway through eating the cream bun you can decide to put the rest in the bin and start making good decisions absolutely and do you know i love the idea that the parent brain is really this concept of parenting ourselves so we parent our children and you know we don't always get it right and you do sometimes get them to have chocolate in the supermarket but we don't let them do all of the things all of the time you know we usually said you know encourage our children to go to bed at a reasonable time. We usually encourage them to eat well most of the time. We usually parent them. And then we get into adults and we stop parenting ourselves. We just let ourselves do whatever we want. And so that is the amygdala running the show. So I actually love the idea that you can parent yourself, which is really enabling your prefrontal cortex to have a bigger say in how you run your life. And using that concept that you do sometimes need to parent things that you don't really want to do. Maybe you don't want to go to bed early, but neither does your seven-year-old child. They don't want to go to bed either. They love staying up all late, but we encourage them to go to bed because it's good for them. And encouraging us to do things that sometimes we don't want to do, it's good for us. And that needs to be celebrated and rewarded in our mind. So when you do go to bed early, you tell yourself what a good job you're doing. You actually, like literally in your head, say, oh my God, I'm doing such a good job. This is awesome. That's right. Positive reinforcement, just as you would positively reinforce good behavior in a child. Absolutely. We are just, you know, our brain is just children <laughs> growing, developing. And I, I really kind of love the idea that, you know, it is a dynamic process. You know, you might get really good at managing your amygdala. And then over time, the amygdala becomes loud again. It is something that we have to constantly keep doing, just like parenting. You don't parent for a couple of days when your child's three and then think it's all done. Constantly, ongoing, just adjusting, you know, I think checking in with yourself, noticing that sometimes things are slipping and that you might need to bring bedtime back a bit earlier noticing that sometimes your thoughts are rambling off into stress land and the grizzly bear territory and just bringing yourself back just like you would do when you're parenting. And Lucy, what would you say to the listeners out there who are perhaps feeling completely overwhelmed, perhaps feeling that they're told the brain is completely ruling the roost, especially with regard to their healthy behaviours relating to weight loss Toddler's in charge. The parental brain is is offline. <laughs> They're feeling overwhelmed. Where do you start? 
So I think the first thing to say is that you're not alone. If we all had control over our amygdala, we would all be doing all of the things perfectly all of the time. And obviously that's not what happens. We all have times where we're struggling. It is actually okay to admit that and it's okay to seek some help around that. I think a lot of people think, I should be able to manage this. I should be, you know, I know what to do. I should be. And the shoulds come out and that then just creates another whole level of hopelessness where you just think you're a loser because you can't do it. So first of all, I would say you are definitely, most definitely not alone. We see women every day with these issues and a lot of it is actually, I guess, getting some help and getting some, whether it's coaching or even for some people, they need to see a psychologist. There's all sorts of things, but getting help is really important. And, you know, I think this is part of the reason why we are so lucky, mares, because we do have like the best job in the world where we do get to see these people who are struggling and be able to offer really, really practical solutions that tap into that little bit deeper level. If it was on the surface, if it was easy, you'd be doing it yourself. You know, you know, if we can all do something that's easy. Getting some support is harder. I love seeing the transformations that people go through, you know, in our membership program and in our 12-week rebalance programs. It is wonderful seeing people have these aha moments where they are able to gain control of their thoughts and their feelings again and their actions and figuring out that even when they were feeling totally overwhelmed, it is entirely possible to go from being overwhelmed to empowered and in control by just learning how to work with your brain. And true, I think help is really good. I mean, that's what we do in our coaching programs, but it's entirely possible. That's what I love. Oh, and it's never too late. Like that's the thing. People go, oh, I'm, t- oh, you know, I'm too far gone, <laughs> which again is just a, a little reasonable story that your brain is offering you as to why it shouldn't bother with behavioural change. I'm too far gone. It's too late. I'm too, you know, I'm too much of a case. And our brain will offer this option. It's too late for me. I've seen, you know, people who are 21 have this story and people who are 71 have the same story. So it is, it is literally just a story. It is never too late. And the benefits, that peace in your mind, the trust that you build with yourself are just gifts that you can give yourself that are long, you know, long lasting, life changing to the quality of your life. There are wonderful benefits in learning how to parent your own brain. Absolutely. Mares, we have had lots of requests to talk about our program and I thought we might do that next week. The 12-week Mind-Body Rebalance is coming up again soon. We'll be uh, starting our next round on the 4th of September. So I thought next week we'll have a bit of a dive into it so that people can, I don't know, have a look and see what we offer. I think that... uh, There are many, many programs out there and it's horses for courses. Not everybody will, we won't suit everybody and not everyone will suit us. But, you know, I guess if we don't talk about it, you don't know. 
Yeah, it's it's been an absolutely wonderful program. We've run it twice this year already for a um, fantastic group of humans each time. And our last one for the year does start in September. So yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into what our 12-week mind and body rebalance program is next week. It's going to be great. Good. All right, lovely humans, go and parent yourselves wisely. Know that you don't ha- doesn't have to be perfect. Just like growing up, we aren't perfect parents. We don't need to be, but we need to be reasonably consistent. So with that in mind, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. So my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.